Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. That's right, folks. We are back. Episode 110. Since the rebrand, it's been a long time, but boy, is this going to be an entertaining episode which we haven't had this much, this many topics in an episode in a long time. Or options for topics in the long time. I was going to say, where were you going with that? I, we haven't I had knew an where I was going. I just paused. The pause threw me off. I don't know what I was doing with the pause. Yeah. But um, Nick McVicker with Kyle Vardy. Um, Kyle, dude, it's been one of those weeks that every time you turned around, there was some sort of news story going around in, in the sporting world. We're not even going to get to all of them. No. We got little Raptors talk, possibly some Leafs talk. We might throw in a little Chelsea talk, considering the fact that they just had all of their funds frozen this week. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a huge topic of conversation. The MLB is back, dude. Like that's We, we will get to that uh, yep. because, I mean, why wouldn't we? We love baseball, you and me. Might as well yep. talk something that we love. Um, but first, let's start with the kickoff segment, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy, calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to take your special teams game to the next level. If you want more information, visit them at canadakickingacademy.com or follow them on Instagram at canadakickingacademy. And Kyle, we're going to start with the Raptors. Mm-hmm. And... I don't think I'm going out on a limb on this statement, but I'm going to make this statement. The Raptors are the biggest enigma in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, They have been all over the place, to be honest. Like ever since the all-star break, they're only three and five, but two of those wins have come against playoff teams already. And it's like, I don't know. Like, it's there. There are very. You have to watch them on any given night to see what kind of Raptors team you're going to get. Exactly it. Like I, I don't understand it. it. It's interesting. Like it's one of those. I, I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, the pieces are there. They they perform well against good teams usually. And then, as as we were saying, like you you play Orlando and you lose, and you just shoot terribly and i mean i i get that it happens every now and then where your team doesn't perform or you don't shoot well or whatever but you got blown out by 30 plus points in two of those losses against charlotte and atlanta like you can't have that happen if you're supposed to be a playoff team no and, it, and that's the thing like you lost to charlotte by 32 points yeah you lost to Atlanta by 25. But then you go out the next game after that loss to Atlanta and you blow out the Brooklyn Nets. Now, granted, I know the Nets are dealing with injuries, right? And yeah. the fact that Kyrie can't play at home. But you beat them by 36 points? Yeah. And then go out and beat them again at home with Kyrie. Or no, Kyrie wasn't playing. I don't, was he? I don't think so. No. Either way, you go Kyrie, beat them again. Kyrie yeah, but you go beat them again, 
and then you lose back-to-back games to the Detroit Pistons and the Orlando Magic? Oh, the Raptors just straight up, doesn't matter what year it is, they can't play against the Pistons. They can't right. play against Right, but you lose to the Pistons and then the Magic. Yeah, the Magic is an unacceptable one. The Magic are literally already eliminated from the playoffs um, with how bad that team is. So They're the only team eliminated from the playoffs right now. Correct. And that's saying something with the Houston Rockets out in the West as well. So. Ah, but the it, West is weak. West is yes, weak. but the Houston Rockets also have less wins too. So. I know, but so does the 10th place team in the, in the West than the 10th place yeah. team in the East. So it's, it's how good the 10, top 10 teams are that is going to determine when these teams are eliminated, not how bad the bottom team is. Fair. I mean, I, I think already that the playoffs are kind of already set for the East, to be honest. Um, I, I don't think anything else is going to change. I think maybe you could uh, have a few teams hop each other, but I don't think – I don't see Washington getting into a playoff spot. I don't see the Knicks getting into a playoff no. spot. And those are really the only two teams that are actually available to hop into a playoff spot. I, agree. I mean, in the West – in the West, it's kind of wide open for that 9-10 spot, right? Because you still have the play-in game. So, technically, the Kings, Blazers, Spurs, Pelicans are all Lakers in for that. Even. I would say the Lakers probably have that 9 spot. But, like... Uh, I want to agree with you. But we've seen how up and down this Laker team can be. If they go on a, a downswing for a couple weeks... They could put themselves in a very, very bad spot. Yeah, for sure. Oh, um, but back to the Raptors, man. Like this team is is entertaining. Don't get me wrong. Like you're never bored when you're watching the Raptors. Yeah. But you're also concerned most of the time. Like without OG, they've been struggling the last few games. I'll say not yep. crazily, but they've struggled a little bit. Um, Gary Trent has been hot and cold the last couple of weeks. When he's hot, he's really hot. We saw that last night, 42 points in their win last night. He looked very good against yep. a very good Phoenix Suns team. Although he was throwing his arms around on some of those shots, which ended up getting him a flagrant foul on the smoked Cameron Payne off the head twice. Yeah. Like literally back-to-back shots. I'm pretty sure it was too. <laughs> Probably. I, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I was watching the end of it. I, I can't say I've seen that in a long time. Very unrealistic follow-throughs that ended up him smashing pain on the top of the head. <laughs> it was weird. Um, Van Vliet's been fantastic. There's no no question about that. But even he has had some cold shooting games recently. Um, Scotty has really come into his own since the All-Star break. Uh, yep. or, sorry, back into his own, I should say, because he kind of disappeared there for a little bit. Precious yep. has looked great. But, like, are you really going to lean heavily on Precious and Scotty? No, I mean, to be honest, I think, I honestly think when it comes to playoff time, obviously they should make the playoffs, but, you know, things can drastically change. Um, I do think they start Siakam at the five. I think they have to. Um, The center position. I I know. I, I was just running through it in my head who else they play with, but. Um, well, right now, most of the time they start with Ken Burch and rotate in Precious, but I don't think that works when OG comes back. So, um, I think when OG comes back, you obviously have, you have Pascal, OG, uh, Scotty, 
uh, Trent and Van That's your starting five. Okay. When you start, I, hold on. When they start Barnes at the five, then though, because that's what they they did that earlier this year. They started Barnes at the five. They they were rotating between Barnes and Pascal. I think I think it really depends on the team they're playing. I mean, if it's a very physical center, then I think they just got to go with the biggest guy. Um, maybe they go with Barnes because of his his defensive prowess comparatively. Maybe that's how it works. But um, if it's more of a, a, a mobile center who can you know, pick and pop type of thing, um, I would say probably Siakam would be that guy to go out on him right. because Siakam can take advantage of the lack of, of defense down low as well. Um, and, you know, he can do his isolation moves and whatever, do his, uh, do his 360 spin that he always likes to do and go in from there. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it really comes down to the Raptors go as far as their shooting play. I think is how it works out too. Their defense is going to be there. Their defense is going to hold them. Most of the times they hold teams to, you know, within probably anywhere from 110 to, to I would say, 100 points. Uh, a lot of the times they don't give up 120, 130, which in today's NBA is kind of regular sometimes. Um, so I would say that their defense is going to be there, especially when you add OG back in if he's healthy. That, that just improves that defense. But – they can't win games if they can't make shots. That's the biggest thing. So basically, they essentially need Gary Trent to just go on an absolute heater in the playoffs or in the play in the play-in round, I guess, where you really need him to step up. Go into that play-in round because you're gonna have to play those teams that we said they got blown out by. Those are the teams they're playing. They have to play the Charlotte Hornets. They have to play the Atlanta Hawks, and they're gonna have to play the Brooklyn Nets. One of those three teams is your first matchup. So, and right now it, it sounds really funny, but right now they might be hoping it's the Nets because we play really good against the Nets. Yeah, but we play really good against the Nets, except for when they have the full team. We well, haven't played their. The, the thing is, though, if we play them in the first round, Kyrie won't play a single game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, right, it, so it's it, a one-game play-in, so it's one-game play-in. But he so won't like, be able to play in as... either arena. As long as the well, yeah, uh, Brooklyn apparently is. They're going their, to, but they don't know when. They don't know if it'll be before playoffs. So well, apparently, apparently, it's like in the next week or something. Okay, but but they still haven't allowed players to play. Is the only thing. Yeah, they're removing the mandate, but haven't said anything about players. Yeah, very similar to like the Jays and players coming across the board. Yes. Um, but the Raptors so, right now are in the in the higher spot anyway, so they would yeah, so so they they have to maintain that spot in order. To, Truly get that, yeah. and I mean, can can we beat a, a Nets team with Durant? Yeah, you probably can, but I mean, you just got to hope that Durant doesn't let her have the game of his life that yeah. and have every five games basically. And Ben Simmons at that point because yeah. he will be playing. Eh, I'm not worried about him. He's no, but he he is a factor. Like he he's a good defensive player. You got to give Ben Simmons credit on that. He is a good sure, defensive, de- defensive. Sure, I, I couldn't care less about him defense. I don't really. Like his, but it plays position. a factor is all I'm saying. Like it, it, As like, a defensive like, player on the court, it would play a factor because he's long, he's athletic, and he can make defensive plays. I'm not saying he's a yeah. super offensive threat when it comes to the playoff point or even regular season, in my opinion. I don't think he's a super offensive threat. But because of yeah. his defense, you do have to worry about playing against him come playoff time because defense locks down in playoff time. Yeah, as long as he's still the same defender. That's the big thing. He hasn't That's played true. in That's year. true. Um. As long as he's the same defender when he comes back, that's the biggest thing. Because, you know, 
defense defense is probably the first thing that does come back. So we'll, we'll see what happens when, when Ben Simmons does uh, ret- return and actually do something. Um, but I don't know. So what, realistically, what are expectations for this team? Like, are are we talking a first round exit? Are we talking a playing exit? Are we talking a second round exit? Or is this a true competitor if they if they put everything together? I don't think they're a true competitor, to be honest. Um, I think that their heart is true competitor, but I don't think they have the the pieces to truly get there. I still think they're missing not necessarily a, a superstar, but another star player. That can that can truly take them over the top. Um, I think they've really. Met, I honestly think they truly need a number, a, a real number five. They need a a true center, and and honestly, I think they need a star center. I think they need just throwing out names. I, I think they need like a Bam Adebayo, a Rudy Gobert, like a, a player like that who can help clear up space for those shooters, right? You do a pick and pop, you get Freddie open, you get Trent open, you get any of that kind of stuff allows allows more shots. And then even then you can kick it back down low and have have them do their own thing. You know, you don't get that with Ken Birch and Precious Ochoa. Precious still has to work on his shot. Like I will if, admit, if Precious can, if, if he can develop his shot more, then he can be good. But I think he's a better rotational piece yeah. than star center. Yeah, he's a good guy first off the bench, and the fact that he can play power forward as well is kind of a huge thing, I think, for for the Raptors, is that if you get a true number one center, like a true number, sorry, number five, I guess, technically in the NBA, but I'm thinking number one on the deck. If you get that guy, Precious is the perfect complement because if you decide to go a little smaller, you can throw Precious in. He's not he's not a traditional center size, so it, it makes sense. If you want to stay big, you throw him in at the power forward and you move Siakam to small forward. That lineup is long at that point. Oh, those are your, if those are your uh, front court guys, that's a long lineup. Yeah. I've been pleasantly surprised with Precious Achua this year. I yeah. didn't really expect a whole lot from him. I thought he was going to be that second or third even center on this team behind Birch, and I, I wasn't really sure who might be the other one, but like I, second in my head for sure. He's done a great job of finding his role within the team and playing to his highest potential within that role. As a, he's only a second year player. Like this is what I I keep forgetting. I keep thinking he's been in the league a while. He's only a second year player. And honestly, at the All-Star game, he looked really good in that uh, Rising Stars Challenge. I thought he, in my opinion, I actually thought he was the MVP for his team. I know that he mm-hmm. didn't get it, but I thought he was the MVP for his team. He's showing very good promise. He's showing a great ability to learn as well within a very complicated system that is Nick Nurse's system. Like. Nick Nurse is a, a coach that loves changing things up. So to be able to play into that system is very, very difficult. Precious has done a great job of accepting his role and learning every step of the way. And he's gotten better throughout the year. I still agree that he's probably a number two um, with spot start ability. Mm-hmm. But if he keeps going at this, he keeps learning, he keeps getting that much better. Could we see him being a true number one maybe two years down the line? I think the only issue with him is size. Yeah. He, he, ha- he doesn't have true center size, 
And I think the way the NBA is, is kind of rotating, I definitely could see him being one of those uh, mobile centers where not necessarily the, the guy who stands in the paint and just dunks the entire time. Um, you know, not so much like a, a like obviously it's weird to say, but not not a shack type center where it's, hey, you, you get the, the the pick and roll and then let me post up and dunk on this guy. That, that's not who Precious is. And that's why I think Precious, if he develops his shot, can be can be one of those start plug and play starters, um, and, and truly develop in that way. So, um, with with getting back to to what you originally said, um, with this current team, I do think they should win the play in, um, and become one of those those last two seeds. Um, but in saying that. I don't know if they make it out after they do the play. Um, because if you end up the seven, eight seed, you're playing either one of Miami or the Bucks. And I don't think their team matches up very well against either one of those. They match up. They match up actually. Okay. Against the heat, but I just think the heat have too much ability. Like they match up one-to-one well, but I just think the heat are yeah. a better team. That's I, the problem. I just, I mean, I think it'd be if we do play the Heat. I think it'd be interesting to have the uh, Freddie versus Lowry matchup. I think that'd be kind of cool. Freddie versus uh, Lowry, and then you have OG on Butler. Probably yeah. would have Barnes on Hero. Probably, yeah. Right and then now, and then Akam on. I don't know who the hell's their power forward. Well, the problem is you probably put either Siakam or Achua on uh bam right yeah well and then you have the other person on pj tucker probably yeah so i would probably i would probably put in my opinion i would probably put siakam on bam and let pj go up against precious yeah probably and so I mean, precious can drop down but that's besides the point not not what we were talking about but but either either way, I still think I think they're I think they make the playoffs and the play-ins. I, I do think so. If they don't hop Cleveland for for that sixth spot, I mean they're only two games back, so um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. We we have yet you'd have to hope that Cleveland falls off a little bit. And uh, they're not playing well right now. They're three and seven in their last ten games. Yeah, I mean Raptors only five and five, so it's it's really not a huge difference. And, and we were just saying that some of those wins. Like two of those wins were before the All-Star break. So they're technically three and five in the last eight. Right. Um, so in saying that, they've kind of shit the bed, for lack of better words. Um, I think uh, I think Charlotte's only two and two and five or something since the break anyway. So they're, they're essentially on the same pace. There's only, it, it's, it's, there's only one team outside of the top five that has it. Or sorry, there's two teams outside of the top five, but only one of them in the playoff picture that has a winning record in their last 10 games and that's Atlanta. Yeah. That's six and four. Not even and they're, that good. And they're barely there too. Yeah. I mean the pist the Pistons are six and four and that's the 17. Orlando Magic are five and five. So it's yeah. like wow. Um and those are I the mean, two the, teams that actually those are three teams that the Raptors have lost to in this last ten. So. <laughs> you know, they're part of that winning streak. Um I think the biggest thing is if the if the Raptors truly want to compete, I think and it's weird to say, I think you'd want to end up to three seed. And it's, it, it's, it's weird because I don't want them to match up with Philly because I think Embiid will just 
run run his show and and you can't stop him yeah and then you have harden uh, outside of b who whatever i mean harden has to hit his shots though harden right. played, played against nets and was literally the worst player on the court i know so, I, i'm aware of that but i mean like you have him going off and then you have the, the fear that harden might go off as well like there's two options there i mean the the, the team that i think they could probably do well against i think it would be honestly be boston yes if I boston's speaking up to that three seed um, and you end up with a six seed and you don't have to do the play-in, then I think that could probably be your best case scenario. Because, I mean, Chicago, you could you can match up the guards. You got DeRozan and Levine. I think you can match those up pretty evenly. Um, and you, you have the length to kind of compete with it. If anything, you try and take away DeRozan and make Levine beat you. Chicago yeah. without DeRozan right now is not a playoff team. Um, and And... I, I think Vucevic down low could be an issue, but Vucevic isn't one of those big centers. So he's more of one of those uh, smaller centers who knows how to position himself well. So I think that's where potentially Precious could fit in well there and, and match up. I don't know how that matchup would go. I think Vucevic probably might beat him. Vucevic is two inches on him. But even then, that's, that's really not much. Precious probably has longer arms, though. So it's like probably makes up the difference. Um, so it's one of those, I think out of those teams, I would like, I would probably say Boston, Chicago, Philly is who you want to match up with if for that three seed if you end up in number three in that order. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree. I think I would rather have, I would rather have Boston, Chicago, and then I don't really know who, I, I would want Boston or Chicago. I don't think, I think Philly has enough potential that they could be really dangerous milwaukee is milwaukee they're the reigning champs for a reason yeah and we already talked about miami yeah well yeah we'll, we'll see what they do down the stretch the raptors as i said they're an enigma man i don't even know what they're gonna i don't even know what to expect from them tonight i mean back to back against denver i don't expect much but who knows but again it's the the raptors i know like, i didn't didn't really expect them to beat the Suns last night. Nope. <laughs> like, I didn't expect Gary Trent to have 42 points. I mean, he, he did it in like six straight games where he had 30 plus points, but like. I mean, against the Suns, though. I didn't expect him to have 42 points against the Suns. Fair. He's also been not great the last couple weeks. But anyway, no, not, the, not where we're going with this. So. Um. That'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram for more information. They're doing great stuff over there. Uh, Kyle, let's keep it rolling. And now it's time. We can say it. The MLB season is a go. Mm -hmm. We'll have MLB baseball. The MLB and MLBPA agree to a, agreed to a new CBA on Thursday. I'm going to start off with a very simple question for you. Did you actually think it was going to happen this week? Not this week, no. Yeah. Okay. As long as you and me are on the same page. It came together so fast, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, everything happened. We're like, oh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go ahead with this. Like, well, and, and if, if I was, I've been following along the tweets and stuff and, like, going through, like, where they were, yeah. where they were missing and, like, where the biggest uh, gap was. And to be honest, it was that international draft. That was the biggest, that was the yep. biggest gap for, for them. And the fact that they said, Hey, push this aside. We'll, we can still talk about it until July. 
And if we don't agree with anything, we'll continue with just what we have. I think that really gave the players like, all right, let's get this done. Let's get back on the field, right? So it's like one of those. Um, the numbers for everything else were probably within, I would say, three to five million of, of what each person was asking for. Uh, I mean, the, the minimum salaries were within like 10K of what they uh, what they wanted. And, and like there was lots of close points uh, for all these key issues. Um, but I, I didn't think they'd be able to get it done in a day, basically. Like they essentially said, hey, we're going to push this back. And then it all of a sudden was ratified. And it's like, oh, crap. Okay. Yeah. This is happening. So, and again, I mean, I'm happy, I'm happy so they got fast. it done. I'm wrong. I'm happy they got it done because uh, baseball needed to come back. But uh, no, I, I was not expecting it. Yeah, and let's let's touch on some of the things that did change. So there is a bump in the minimum salary. So it's going from five hundred and seventy thousand five hundred dollars last year yeah. up to seven hundred thousand dollars as the minimum salary. That's a huge bump. The players definitely are happy with that. But also, it's going to increase. Um, throughout the CBA. So this is a five-year deal, by the way. Um, and by 2026, the minimum salary will be up to $780,000. That's a yeah. huge win for the players, no doubt about it. Um, and even the minor league minimums are going up as well, which is huge. I think that's that's fantastic. Um, the competitive balance tax also was a huge sticking point in the negotiations. Uh, yep. The players' union noted at various points that the tax was playing out like the salary cap more than originally intended. So that's a, that was something. So they changed it. The threshold is now two hundred thirty million, and it will go up to two hundred forty-four million by the end of the UCBA. Um, yep. Expanded postseason, Kyle. Twelve, 12 teams, teams, which is, yep. I think, it's a great idea. Um, mm -hmm. No more 163rd game. They're going to do NFL-esque tiebreakers. So we're not going to get that extra game, which I know that it's been a lot of fun to watch those extra games when we've seen them. But at the same time, I kind of get why. And I, I think, I think to be honest, with the extra two teams in the playoffs, sorry, extra yeah, one. extra two playoffs, but one on each side. Yeah, um, sorry, correct. Uh, I don't think you're going to have to have that extra play-in game because – this past year was an absolute, uh, as we said, it's an enigma, um, was this past year where there was four teams essentially tied with the same record at the end of the year. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have that again, nor are we going to come close to it. We could have two teams tied with it, but then those two two teams just get the final boss. Yeah. So um, I think that teams will be very competitive this year, and I think that those extra playoff spots are 100% needed. Yeah, and I have no problem with it. I mean – I love the one 163rd game. Like it's a lot of fun, but at the same time, like if a team did better in the regular season, head to head or whatever you want to use, like they care. <laughs> that means they earn the spot, right? Technically they earn the spot. So good for them. Um, the other thing from the playoffs is there will be no reseeding after the wild card. So the number one team is going to play whoever wins the matchup between four and five. And the number two team will play whoever wins the matchup of two and or three and six. Yep. So we could have a one versus five, two versus six matchup, which kind of sounds crazy. Like 
as as a true diehard sports guy, you never really see that. But hey, you know what? That's the way it's gonna work. I don't really care. Like, yeah. let's do it. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Pre-R bonus pool has also been changed. Option limits. This is one that I thought was really interesting. Um, they're limiting the number of options that a player can have within a season. Mm -hmm. so you can't option a guy down multiple times. Um, and it's so that's that's an interesting little change. And then the big one, Kyle, that you and me have been talking about for years, it's finally happening. Not on the show necessarily, but you and me have been talking about this for years. Universal DH. Yeah. No more pitchers hitting in the NL. Not that I was against pitchers hitting in the NL because you get those fun ones like, I don't know, like Marcus Stroman. Guy can actually handle a bat, right? Um, but how many bit pitchers can really handle a bat? Three. Right, three, three to five. Maybe. Like starting pitchers, you have Degrom. Granky can hold his own. Stroman. Stroman can hold his own. So it's like they're they're not going to hit for a two hundred average. They're going to still going to hit for a one average. Bumgarner too, but Bumgarner is a bum. So, but he's a um, pitcher still. We can't forget. Yeah, he, and he's overpaid by fifteen million dollars. Agreed. Um, so it's one of those like, to be honest. It's it's great when you see a pitcher home run. Oh, great! Yeah, fantastic! Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then, what about the other fifteen at bats by pitchers? It's strikeouts, or it's yeah. groundouts, or it's double plays. It's like I don't want to see that. I want to see the best hitters out there. And if it's universal DH, all of a sudden certain guys who couldn't go to the NL because they can't really play defense, Pujols. all of a sudden have a job now. Yeah, Pujols. Like Pujols now as a hitter only, he's got jobs in the NL. Not even a question. Yep, he can still hit. And he's not, not going to hit. Not only can't that, hit for three hundred. Has a really good chance at signing in the NL this year because they're just implementing the DH rule. So a lot of these teams don't have those extra bats from the bench. They had a lot of defensive 100%. guys off of the bench. So, well, and, and the biggest thing is those guys on the bench are going to stay on the bench. Like those guys are going to be positional guys because you still have. Of course, you're still going to have substitutions and stuff. You're not going to have nearly as many. You're going to see a lot more, uh, a lot more pieces in the bullpen now too. Because they don't necessarily have to have a, a, a sub infielder or whatever to replace the pitcher when you take them out. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Sure. But you still have the DH, still have all that kind of stuff. So you're going to see a lot more bullpen pieces. So I honestly wouldn't be surprised if in this free agency you, you see a lot more of these relievers get signed early to, to try and build up people's bullpen and, and try and do it that way. So um I, I think I think it's a great thing that the universal DH is is there, and, and I think it's it truly can position teams to if they really want to make games interesting. There's going to be more runs. You're not going to have a pitcher pitch a pitcher hitting. There's going to be more runs. You're going to have a DH. You're gonna you can no longer pitch around a player to get to the pitcher in the NL. Yep. You have to go through every single player, right? So so now I think it it you know those seven eight hitters now actually have to hit. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see with that, right? You can't just walk the eight guy to get to the pitcher and all of a sudden get out of the inning. You can't do that anymore. No. So, we'll see, we'll see how, what happens with that. The, the other rule that I actually saw was um, if you let a guy go and you send a guy down and he gets claimed, you cannot claim that guy again until every single team in the MLB has said no. Yeah. So, so basically, that's you go to the bottom of, of the – of the list. Well, and, and to be honest, it's it's smart because like um, I was saying to my dad last night, like the 
pie, uh, Joel Piamps for, for the Jays. We claimed him like 17 times last year. Yeah. He went from Boston to Kansas City to wherever. We kept claiming him back and forth. And it's like, avoid that. Don't do that anymore. And have other teams be like, yeah, yeah we'll take him. We'll take him. And you just go to the bottom. That's just, I think it's a simple situation. I agree. I think that's a great one. The other one was the uh, draft lottery. Yeah. Which I was shocked with. It's not. What is it in the NBA? Uh, 14 teams? Yeah. NHL, 14 teams? 18 teams will be in the draft lottery. Everyone who doesn't make the playoffs. So it's the largest draft lottery in North American sports. Not going to lie, I'm kind of excited about it. Because we haven't had yeah, that yeah, in the MLB. I, I mean, it's definitely... And the biggest thing with the MLB is a lot of those times, those top two, three picks... Are the ones that really make the difference on your team. And we talked right? about that what last yeah. week, a couple weeks or ago. two weeks ago, yeah, because you weren't here last week. So, um, so those are the guys that really make the difference. And, and the fact that I, I know it'd be taking away from the lower teams of getting one of those top guys, and hey, we can turn around this franchise. But I mean, the Marlins, the J- Jeter just stepped down for the Marlins because the Marlins wouldn't spend fifteen million dollars in the offseason. And it's one of those like. If the Marlins are going to keep being the Marlins and they're not going to do anything, I don't care if they get the better pick. I really don't. Give it to a team like Kansas City who's willing to develop their players and truly try and make the playoffs. Give it to Detroit who was a playoff team, was one of those standout franchises, and now is all of a sudden on the rebuild because they have all these top prospects. Give it to those guys. Give give them extra firepower and make the playoffs more interesting to get to. You know, have – Miami be the bottom feeder. I really don't care anymore, to be honest. I really don't. No, I, and I agree with you. I think it's something that needs to happen, though. Like, they need to make this competitive because a team that maybe finishes outside the playoffs could be one or two pieces away, whereas these bottom teams are doing it year after year. They're not even close. Like, I'm sorry, Baltimore is not even close to a playoff team. We Baltimore has, like, two or three top prospects. But right now, any, that could... they don't have any players other than yeah. Mancini, possibly Ryan Mountcastle and Adley Rutschman this year. Like, and those guys are top prospects, right? Mountcastle yeah. and Rutschman are top players, yeah. but are they top players this year? Like, that's what I mean. Like, they literally have Trey Mancini and then two potential legitimate MLB players. Yeah, that's not a team that is one or two young pieces away. No, that is a team that is tanking on purpose to gain as many of these young guys as they can so maybe 10 years down the line they can sell them off to do it all over again and, and even then they don't do it right that's the, no they don't but that's that's, that's what i mean so what if the team that team has a really bad year right a bunch of injuries but you look at their roster they're maybe one or two young pieces away from like legitimately being a playoff contender but they finished fourth last they're not going to get yeah. that legitimate piece but now they might like now there's a now there's a chance that they get that top pick. Yeah. It changes the game. And and it could be one of those where hey, they get the they get the top top pick, right? They may not may not necessarily keep that player. They might then use him yeah. for trade like, you know trade bait and all of a sudden go out and get that missing piece that they're missing that they don't want to wait necessarily for. And I mean maybe the guy maybe the guy's 2 years away, but you trade him, he's a top prospect and then all of a sudden Oh, Baltimore actually gets the top guy because they traded away, you know, 
whatever it may be to get that top prospect. So it's yeah. one of those, may, maybe that's the difference in, in what it comes down to. And maybe that's what helps it out is, you know, some of these top prospects going to top teams that they can then use as trade bait rather than some of these top teams not having anybody to use because they got rid of that. You know, they already traded all their prospects. And it's like, I think it just helps the flow of baseball go a lot better than all the top prospects being on these weaker. And I mean, we, we saw a pretty good example of it last year here in Toronto. We moved Austin Martin, who looks like a legit prospect. I know he wasn't yep. a number one pick or anything, but he's top, what, six? Six? Uh, he was, yeah. Yeah. Six, right. Um, for Jose Barrios. We saw what Barrios was able to do in Toronto. He basically helped them become one of those four teams that were tied for the last playoff spot, right? Yep. So it it works. That that system works. Is it ideal? Uh-huh. No, but it it is something that helps the league as a whole. Yep. Let's look at some of the off-season moves that are going to have to happen very quickly because Kyle, we are the furthest into the off-season I think we've ever been with this many free agents still available. Sorry, top end free agents still available. Granted, yep. we lost 99 days. There are kind of big place. names. Trevor Story, Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa, Chris Bryant, Rizzo, Castellanos, Porto. You want to keep, you want to talk about DH, Nelson Cruz, Schwarber still available, Zach Greinke, Kenley Jansen on the pitching side. These are some big names, man, that are still looking for homes. Um, any name really stand out to you and where do you, where do you kind of see them landing when the dust all settles? I mean, the kind of obvious one right now is Freddie Freeman, apparently getting close with the Dodgers. Um, that's kind of the easy, the easy one. Uh, I mean, it's hometown team wants to go back there. It is what it is. If, if Atlanta's not willing to pay or match the money then that that's on Atlanta, to be honest, I don't blame Freddie Freeman at all. Freddie Freeman's been has been loyal as hell to Atlanta, so all the power to him. Go go get your money. You already got your ring. Try and go get another one with the Dodgers. No problem with that. Um, the interesting one to me, I think, is Carlos Correa. I've been hearing rumors of Chicago Cubs going after him, um, and even with signing Andrelton Simmons, I'm not sure how that's going to work. But um, I guess apparently they're going to figure it out. So uh, kind of curious to see how that actually plays out. Not sure what would go on there um also the cubs are many pieces away from being contenders so i'm not really sure why correa would want to go there after being with the astros so um those are the two that i've kind of heard stuff about um other than that haven't heard a whole lot about trevor's story um yeah that that kind of surprised me that we're hearing all these other guys uh with lots of teams going after them I really haven't heard anything about story. No, I think I think the issue with story is everybody's starting to believe that he is truly just a Coors Field hitter, and that he's not a, a legitimate hitter on other ballparks, and just that he had the Coors Field effect, where all of a sudden now he has 35 home runs and hitting 280 because the ball just flies out of there. So um, people are, are believing that. I mean, I would take him on my team in a heartbeat. I'd, 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 I'd take him. No, no issue on that. So um, I think, I think the next piece to fall obviously is going to be Freddie Freeman, but I do think that there will be a surprise one. 
Um, and I think it's going to probably be, uh, I think it's going to be Chris Bryant is the next one to go. Um, there's, there's been rumors of, of him talking to a plethora of teams um, and potentially doing that. So I think he might be the next one to go because like Carlos Rodon, like sneaky signed with the Giants, didn't really hear anything about yeah. about him going anywhere. And then all of a sudden he signed a two-year deal. Good money on him. So, you know, all the power to him. But um, definitely, I, I, I could see like a Chris Bryant being the next guy to go. Okay, I can see that. Um, it looks like Nelson Cruz might have a deal by the end of the day, by the way. Um, yeah. Multiple NL teams are in on him to be, you know, that universal DH that we just talked about. Yeah. So that he could be potentially the next one to technically move. Yeah, I don't really consider Nelson Cruz one of the top guys, though. But he's he's still a big enough name. Like it's not like he's like a scrub name anymore. Oh, but he's he's outside the top ten for me. Of, of yeah, I agree. Three. I agree with you one hundred percent. So that's one of those, like, like he, to me, he's a bat. He's nothing else. And, and I think some of these other guys offer more than that. So yeah, fair enough. I am very interested in in where Trevor Story ends up because, as you said, like he's been Coors Coors Field dominant his entire career. Um, yep. And. I don't want to. He's he's a solid hitter though. Like, I know he's Coors Field dominant, but outside of one bad year in 2017, he's had a, a an above 270 average every year except last year. And last year he struggled with some injuries, struggled with just consistency. Yep. But the guy still had 24 home runs. Well, and that's what all these people are saying that he should have. Uh... He should have signed the deal with the with the Rockies last year and just taken the money while he could have. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think I honestly think he'd be great great in the Jays. I really do. Um, I agree. I, I think he could definitely fit in quite easily there. Um, you know, if you have to figure out who's going to actually play shortstop, I think it probably would be. I think it would be uh, Story. But no, I think uh, it'd be Bichette. I really do. Story's the better defender. That's the only thing. So I don't know. I think I think honestly think um, if the Jays do sign somebody close or like soon, I think it's gonna be uh, Kikuchi. I think it's who's actually going to so. Interesting. You say Kikuchi? I think I think Kikuchi's gonna be the next guy. Also. There's a real chance that if Story does come, Story plays third base. That was the other thing I was going to say, because Story can play second and third as well. So that's why I think they might leave Bichette at short and just move Story to one of the other two spots. Yeah. So um, the other thing I wanted to add is he actually hit more home runs away from Coors Field last year than he did at home. He had 13 home runs away and 11 at home. Okay. So take that as you will. But he did actually have more power away from Coors Field, a much worse average. He was like 90 right. points below when he was hitting on the road. But he hit for power away from home. Um, right. Yeah, I think, I mean, for the Jays, like how nice would it be to get a guy like Freddie Freeman, the Canadian, well, the dual citizen, but the Canadian who lives and breathes for the Canadian national team. That would be a nice yeah. little, that would be a nice signing 
I don't. I mean, I know they're still technically in on him, eh? Like, they, no one's ever said that the Jays are out on Freddie Freeman. No, but they they they've said that other people are being more aggressive right now. So yeah, well they they, they what I've been reading is that the Dodgers are coming in hard, but there hasn't been any like any lean either way from the Freeman camp. So we'll see. Like he, there's still there's still potential, but I believe he will probably not end up in Toronto. So yeah, the 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 articles I was reading saying that the his decision is going to come down in the next 24 hours. Yeah, so maybe he. Heel turns, and we don't have to deal with him being on the Dodgers because I really don't want him being on the Dodgers. But that's my own thing. Not the <laughs> point. The other guy that we need to keep an eye on is Seiya Suzuki, the guy coming over from Japan. Um, yep. He could be a very interesting piece for a lot of teams. The Jays are apparently still in on him. Um, there's still one. I think there's like six teams still like near the top of his list, and the Jays are yep. one of them. So we could see him there. Speaking of the Jays. Because we are Toronto-based, dude. We got to talk the Jays, right? Um, they're looking kind of dangerous this year. The, if you look at the team, if you look at how everything's going, even without signing anybody, yep. they're looking pretty dangerous as a lineup. I mean, I'll read off who Fangraphs has as their starting lineup right now, and then you and me can kind of break it down a little bit more. But at catcher, we got Jansen, obviously. First base, Vladdy. Second base, they have Biggio penciled in right now. Um, but they also have Santiago Espinal and Kevin Smith as well on the roster. So yeah, kind of play that as you will. Third base, they have Espinal, shortstop, Bichette. And then in the outfield, Lord, Lord Esguriel, Randall Gritchuk, Springer, and Teoscar as the DH. That's not a bad lineup, dude. Like, I know Biggio, Jansen, and Espinal at the bottom three spots – there's obviously room for improvement there. But overall, like this is a team that last year played pretty well. They're getting another year older, another year more familiar with each other. Yeah. Um even if they don't sign anybody, which I don't think that's gonna happen. I think they will sign somebody, right? What are like the realistic expectations for this team? Third in the division, playoff spot, last wild card. Yeah. I think it's probably as is. That's probably the, probably what it is. Yeah. They add another piece. I think they can contend for the division, I think. I think they'll be right up there with Tampa. Um, I think the biggest thing is if your six, seven, eight, nine is Grichuk, Espinal, Biggio, Jansen, that's not good enough. Grichuk um, being six isn't bad. Grichuk needs to be gone. Terrible. I agree. I agree. Gertrude should probably be the guy to go, but I'm saying if he's your sixth hitter, that's not that bad. It, it is though. It, 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 it all, quite honestly is. I, I don't think Bish, I don't think Gritchuk right now should be in a lineup. I think Gritchuk, at the way he's playing right now, he's a bench guy. And I, I, I truly. Well, yeah, but but he's a bench guy with with pop off the bench. No problem. I got no issue with that. If you want to DH him every now and then, no problem. But he should not be a starting player right now. His defense is average, and and it's one of those. Um, he's getting he's being paid way too much. So I think yeah, we know that he's truly, truly, I think the Jays need a lefty. I think they need a, a left-handed bat for the outfield. I would much rather them play Corey Dickerson and have him hit six than have Grichuk hit six. I'd rather much rather they re-sign Dickerson, have that lefty bat in the outfield. 
I think that would be huge. If you want to rotate him between righties and lefty, between Dickerson and Grichuk, whatever. I don't really care. Um, and I do think they need to pick up either a second baseman or a third baseman. I don't want Biggio and Espinal out there every single day. No, uh, I, I love Espinal. Don't get me wrong. I love what he can do. He's not an every everyday guy right now. No. If, if he can be the rotational piece between Biggio, you know, him, they rotate between righties and lefties. Um, I got no issue with that. That's, that's the biggest thing. I think if you add a piece, uh, a lefty piece out, out in, the, in the outfield, you know, Obviously, I'm grasping straws, but if you have like a Schwarber in right field, you add a Schwarber lefty bat, you add him, at, you have you put him at six. You don't even necessarily need anybody for third base if that's the case. If you go out and sign him, you you, you can make it work if you need to. You know, if, if Biggio is your seven and then Espinal eight, Jansen nine, I'm more okay with that than having Grichuk, Biggio, Espinal. Because to me, you're relying a hell of a lot on those top five. If that's yep. And I think Espinal is a is a great contact guy, but Grichuk hits for power, can't hit anything else. Jansen, we don't even know what the hell we're going to get on any, any given year. He could hit for average, he could hit for power, he could just be terrible like he was in the first three quarters of the year last year. Yep. Um, and Biggio could be literally the strikeout machine. We don't know what we're getting in Biggio yet either. So there's too many question marks for a potential – deep playoff team we have the second best odds to win the world series now which to me just doesn't make sense with how our current roster is i i, I see them making the playoffs we're not doing much other than that i think, I think the pitching I think the reason is pitching is improved pitch. pitching has improved i'll give them that but you lost simeon who was a mvp contender last year won a gold glove at second base you have not replaced him you you've you have the same outfield who did well. Don't get me wrong, but you still I I still think you go out and you get like a Jose Ramirez who's a switch hitter, right? Who can play defense. He's a good, really good third baseman. Can hit. You add that extra piece, done. I think you're set. I think you're good. And then maybe I'll suck it up and I'll, I'll allow Grichuk to play right field. I'll be fine with that if if you go out and get that type of piece. So. The other, the other thing that we didn't, we haven't been able to actually able to talk about is like on the bench. Right now they have Kirk, McGuire, Smith, and Palacios as the four bench players. Which, well, Kirk will be gone in any trade, but um, I think it's also, one of the catchers won't be there, regardless if it's a trade I, or if they start in AAA. Whatever. I think I think McGuire's in the minors anyways. I think it's Gabe Moreno makes the roster. Okay, but they're not going to carry three catchers. Is my point. No, that's what I mean. I think I think Kirk's gone in a trade. I think Moreno's the backup slash starter potentially with Jansen, and I think McGuire's a triple A. Yeah. So out of the other people that they could bring up, like you mentioned um, Moreno. Uh, they just signed Greg Bird to a minor league deal. Yep. Lefty bat. We'll have to see how he does at triple A. I'm assuming they're not going to start him in the MLB, which is fine. I'm okay with that. Um low risk high reward potential with greg bird uh the other guy groshans might make the roster a little yep. bit of flexibility plays short plays third um had a pretty good year last year in i believe it was double a yeah he played double yep. a last year he had a good year last year um i know you're really high on martinez as well he's he played uh, high A last year. He'll probably be the double A shortstop this year, which is I'm totally okay with. The other guys yep. that we need to keep an eye on, though, what about a Malik Smith? 
played with the team. Alex Smith, I think, would be the, I think would be the perfect fourth outfielder slash bench guy. Yeah, I that's what that's what I'm thinking. Like he should probably be with the MLB team, and not to mention lefty bat also helps in those games where you're going up against multiple righties out of the bullpen, and you just need to throw a guy in there. Not necessarily yep. the worst thing to have. Another guy that I want to keep an eye on, Logan Warmoth, uh, plays all three outfield positions. Played Triple A last year. Uh, pretty sure he had a decent Triple A last year. I would not be surprised if he makes an appearance in the MLB with the big club this year as well. I would love yep. to see him make an appearance actually with the big club because it deserves it. As far as pitching goes, uh, we haven't talked about the pitchers that they have, but like the line, the rotation right now is looking like Barrios, Gossman, Ryu, Manoa, Stripling. Probably yep. not in that order, in my opinion, but ever. Um, and the the bullpen, you'll have Thornton, Baraki, Merriweather, Trevor Richards, Jimmy Garcia, who they signed in December before the lockout. Adam Simber, Tim Mesa, and uh, Jordan Romano. They just picked up a guy yesterday. Um, yep. What's his name? Andrew Vasquez. Who I he's pitched six innings over the last three seasons in the MLB. He'll he'll he'll, he'll be in there. Um, they also have Castro, Kirby Snead, Tyler Salcedo, David Phelps, uh, Matt Gay, as well. Jeremy Beasley. Need some of. John Anderson, who they signed off waivers in November. Um, yep. The bullpen is a question mark to me. Uh, the other guy that could probably, I think, will play in the bullpen, but that's my opinion, um, Nate Pearson. Yep. I, think, I love Nate Pearson. I wish he could figure out how to be a starter. I think he is going to be a relief, unfortunately. I just I, I just think he's he's too injury-prone to try to stretch out his arm. But when he does play those relief pitching roles, he's been very solid as a pitcher for the Jays throughout the years. So I think realistically his best way to play in the major leagues is to be a relief pitcher, which sucks because I wish he could figure it out as a starting pitcher because I like the kid. I think he's got elite stuff when he wants to. Yep. Hasn't put it together. Um, They're going to improve this team. They need to get an outfielder. They need to get a lefty bat, and I think they need to get another arm in that bullpen, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they do need another arm. I, at the same point, I think that they have the pieces there to be a successful bullpen. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at the second half of the season last year, and the bullpen was actually a strength. Um, right. And you didn't lose anybody at that bullpen. That's the biggest thing. Right. So you you technically added people out of that bullpen rather than lost any. You still have your setup guys are still going to be Mesa. And probably Simber. Um, I would assume so. Potentially um, Trevor Richards as being the setup guy. We'll see it. I'm not sure how they want to use Simber. Um, see with that. Yimi Garcia is probably your seventh inning guy. Yeah. Um, and then to be honest, you you have enough pieces between Merriweather, Pearson, um, Baraki, Pro- probably Baraki as as another lefty out of there. And now you have Andrew Va- Andrew Vasquez, who um, apparently has those underlying numbers that every St. Pete Walker will get out of him. So who knows with that? That's a he lot. Pitched, of it. He pitched fantastic in the in the in the AAA. So um, if you can translate that to MLB, we'll see. 
the big. I, I think there's enough pieces. I, I think I think the biggest thing is if you're worried about the eighth inning, then there's a guy like Canley Jansen you can go out and get. But I don't think the Jays are going to do that. Um, I think they trust they trust Romano, they trust Simber, they trust Meza because they know what they can do. That's your potentially seven, eight, nine innings. Yimi Garcia was your big free agent signing in the bullpen, who's another seventh inning guy. Um, I think I think the biggest thing is, is who's going to be that those extra guys. I think it's going to be Pearson, Merriweather, if you can stay healthy, is the biggest thing. Pearson potentially should be the five starter, but most likely will be in the bullpen. Um, and if not, you got chicken strips you can put back there. So um, there's enough pieces that I think can be successful. I think maybe you go out and get a younger, uh, not necessarily a younger guy, but a, an older guy who can just be that swing man. But I think they got those two at the deadline with Trevor Richards and Timber. So I'm not sure if they do anything else. Yeah. I mean, a, a name that they might actually go after as a, as a relief pitcher, not necessarily a closer or an eighth inning guy by trade. But what about a guy like Ryan Tapera who was here before? Right, had a very good season with Chicago last year. If you're gonna beef up the bullpen, I'm not looking at a guy like Colin McHugh or Henry Jansen personally. Yes, they're big names. I know that they're gonna play well, but Ryan Tapera, a has been with the organization before. He knows most of the guys, right? And B yeah. had a very good season in Chicago. Like, why not bring him back? I mean, I I, I would think that 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 would be a possibility. Right? Um, I honestly see more of like a Joe Kelly being a thing, yeah. maybe an Archie Bradley. Um, I think the biggest thing they need is I think they need the power arms. They have the, they have the guys who can throw the weird, you know, the throw the cutters and that kind of stuff. Right. Timber doesn't throw hard. Trevor Richards doesn't throw hard. No. Uh, you know, Romano's the only guy really back there who throws hard. Give me Garcia throws probably at about 95 to 97, but they don't have those hard, hard throwing guys. Joe Kelly would be that guy. Archie Bradley would be that guy. Um, you know, Trevor Rosenthal could be another option too. He didn't pitch all of last year, right? Had a fantastic 2020, didn't pitch last year. Yeah. So he could be another guy where you bring him in. He's been throwing 97 to 100 miles an hour. He's, he's, he's got closing experience. Maybe that's the veteran presence that you want to bring in and and shore up that back end i mean the other thing and it's weird to say brad hand could be an option i know there there wasn't exactly much success with him last year when he came over but there's no more shifts no more guy on second to start yeah that was his big downfall we'll see his big downfall was honestly walking people and i think yeah i was gonna say it wasn't necessarily having a guy on second it was the fact that he walked well it, it was the guy on second because they they, they they the jays would throw him out there in the 10th inning all of a sudden three runs i know but it was because he was walking guys two second as well so that's i mean the, the the reliever i truly want them to go get i truly don't want them to get colin McHugh because colin McHugh was lights out last year and it's i think great. he would be one of those he'd be one of those guys but i think he's going to end up costing too much because i think every team is going to be in on him that's why I was saying to pair. I think he's a more realistic guy that they might go after. But I mean, if you want a reclamation reclamation project, you go Dellen Batances. Of course. If you if you can get Dellen Batances to where he was with the Yankees, you're you're set. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Quickly, got to get out of here. Um, yep. We got to. We have to talk about what's going on with the Major 
the last couple, or I shouldn't say last couple weeks, the last couple of months with their goaltending issues. Yep. It just got worse this week. Um, statistically, they are the worst goaltending team since January 1st in the league. Yep. That's not ideal. This this Thursday, we find out Campbell will be out a minimum of two weeks with an injury that has been lingering for multiple weeks. By the way, that's the weirdest way to put anything ever. Like, that doesn't sound good. I'm not yep. not super happy with that. And then Mrazic goes out, has a super shaky game on Thursday night against Arizona, who, granted, have been playing really well lately. 17 goals in the two games before that. 23, 22 goals across the three games this week. But it's still Arizona. What do they do? What, where do they go from here? Like, because you don't even know if Campbell's going to be playing for the rest of the season. It's a rib injury, yeah. right? They say minimum two weeks. What does that really mean? Like, yeah, there's I, so I mean, many questions. It, it, there, there's definitely questions, and that's the biggest thing. I think... Um, I think the biggest thing for Campbell is Campbell was so worried about contract. And I think he played through an injury because he didn't want to be knocked out as well as Morazic has struggled to stay healthy too. So I think Campbell was trying to push through because the Leafs really don't have any depth when it comes to actual goaltending other than the two in the, in the big leagues, I guess what you could say. Um, I mean, a lot of their younger goalies are injured as well. So I don't know if it's just the organization struggles with goaltending and staying healthy. I'm not sure. Well, Wall's, but, Wall's healthy right now. He's playing really well in, in the AHL. Um, yeah. Chalgrins look good in the AHL as well. I mean, the Marlies are second in their division in the AHL. So it's not like this team has struggled. Um, no, no, but, it, but it's one of those, would you trust Joseph Wall going out there every single game? No, I wouldn't. Sorry. It's just, No. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather not. No, I, I don't. I'm just, yeah. It was more just a statement but, that they're playing well. Yeah, no, no, 100%. And, I mean, Dalton uh, came in, played well, and did his thing, did what he had to do. And, he wasn't uh, overly challenged except for that one save in overtime. No, and, and to be honest, he should have had that one in overtime, but he was flopping like a fish on the ground. So um, it, it is what it is. I think the biggest thing is I truly believe after all this – it comes down to Sunday. If Morazic plays well on Sunday, then I think they'll ride it out. If he does not play well on Sunday, you will see a new goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leafs as of March 21st. Okay. And I, I don't know who it will be. There's lots of names out there, potential who might be available. I think, and it's going to be weird with an in in division trade, I think it might be Anton Forsberg, to be yeah, honest. That's the name Harbaugh. that's going around. Um, I personally would love Braden Holtby from Dallas, but I don't know if they want to give him up. That's the biggest thing. Um, Ottinger is their guy. I never understood why they sent Ottinger down to start the year. I never understood that. Hudobin, I think, is a serviceable backup, so they may run with him. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, but I think, <clears throat> I think. Dallas has three goalies. That's the issue. All right. right? And I think, honestly, Toronto probably will trade Morazic if they get a goaltender back. Yeah, they have to trade Morazic. But I think they'll trade it in a different deal. I don't think it'll be with that goalie going back. Well, it depends on on who they trade to, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
I'm, well, like, I'm just I, using if, this as if, an example. If they trade to Chicago for Mark Andre Fleur, which I don't think is happening, by the way, I want to make that very clear. They, I, I don't right. think the Leafs are going after Mark Andre Fleur. But if they do trade for Mark Andre Fleury, Morazic yeah. has to go back in that deal. For sure. But I think if you're trading for Holpe, who has a $2 million contract, Morazic most likely is not going back in that deal. Right. One, because Dallas will not take that contract, nor do they need another goalie who's more expensive. That's just not going to happen. So I think the biggest thing is he will then be done in another deal that will most likely bring in another piece. Because I think there could be two do, two deals. If you get like a cheaper goalie, Holpe, serviceable backup, you know he can start. You got no issue with him starting. He, he started before. Um, you put him out there. I would have no issue with Brayden Holby being our starting goaltender until Jack Campbell. I would have no issue. With yeah. I have an issue right now with Mrazek being our starting goaltender. I do. hundred percent. I can't, I can't trust him to stop a puck on any given shot. Um, so I, I would say a deal like that would truly bring something in. You have Holby as your extra guy. Campbell comes back. You got a Holby Campbell tandem. No issues with that. Maybe even re-sign him for next year too. Yeah. Have him as your backup. Right. Um, I could 100% see that happening. And then I think in a separate deal, you probably have you probably have Mrazek going, you know, I, I, I'll go back to it again. My ideal trade would be Chikrin. You have Mrazek go to back to Arizona uh, for Chikrin, and essentially that's almost washed money. Yeah, it's because a million more for Chikrin. Yeah. yeah, but but even then, that's, that's washed money. Like, you can figure out, you send Justin Hole, all of a sudden you're gaining a million dollars in cap space, too. Yep. So, um, I, th- I think obviously you'd probably have to give up a little bit more with them taking Mrazic's contract on for another year, but you figure that out. Yeah. You, you, the biggest thing is you can't pay a goaltender three three point five million dollars, and he can't stop a, a point shot from anywhere. Yeah. Yep. And I think right now it, you're right. It depends on what happens Sunday. If Mrazic struggles Sunday right? And they're going out to get a new goalie. Do they give Shalgren a realistic chance to try to run with the crease while they figure out what they're going to do? And I asked this and I'm going to, I'm going to be straight. No, but hear me out before you shake your head straight away. If Mrazic struggles on Sunday, what do you have to lose? Before the trade deadline. There's four games before the trade deadline, I'm pretty sure, including Sunday. For the, the third league. spot in the division. Right? But let me finish. I'm not done. Okay, four games before the trade deadline. If Morazic cannot figure it out on Sunday, why not give Shalgren the rest of the week? See what you have in this kid. Right? Maybe you get lightning in a bottle and you get a Binnington-esque storyline from when St. Louis went on their run. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but this kid just won the Swedish League last year as the best goaltender in the playoffs. The Swedish League is not a joke league. Like every, I know everyone talks NHL, KHL. The Swedish League is very close to what the KHL is, and there's a reason that the KHL won't play in that Champions League because they are scared of playing these other leagues in Europe. The Swedish League is the top. So this, it's not like he came from the ECHL. It's not like he came from yeah. junior. This guy played in a legitimate pro league last year and was the best goalie in the playoffs. Okay? Mrazic's not playing well. You don't know 
how Campbell's going to be when he comes back from injury, if he comes back from injury, because rib injuries, you never know what you're really getting. Okay? Yep. Why not see what you have in this kid? Maybe, maybe he doesn't do anything, right? And what's the worst thing that happens? You fall to fourth in the division and have to cross over into the playoffs? Yes. I'd much rather play in the Metro for the playoffs than the Atlantic. No Boston, no Tampa, rather, no Florida. You'd rather play Carolina in the first round? Than Tampa? You wouldn't play Tampa. You played Florida. Okay. If, if you drop the fourth in division, you're wild card. Okay, but here's my point. Here's my here's my reasoning though. I'd rather play Carolina. One one tough team in Carolina in that division to get to the conference final, than play two in your own division to get just get to the conference final to then play Carolina most likely. Yeah, I I get what you're saying, but regardless, you you need to figure out what you have in Shawgreen. You have you have an idea of what you have in Mrazek if he struggles on Sunday. Why not give him yeah. the week? Get to the trade deadline. Then you can figure out, okay, is are we looking for a true number one or are we looking for a veteran backup? Because that changes your market right away. See, I, I don't think it I don't think it does, because I don't think Shalgren will will be the backup. I don't I'm not I, saying he will be, but I'm saying why not figure it out? Let him give him a chance. You literally have nothing to lose. For three games. You were playing with house money for three games, trying to figure out what you do at the deadline. Because right now, you you have to go after a number one goalie. And I don't see that being a realistic get at the deadline. Do you see a number one goalie, like a legitimate number one goalie at the deadline available? No. Mark andre Fleury. But we, don't, we can't get him. I don't think that's a realistic trade for the Leafs to go after. Right? Because of cap yeah. restraints. I, it's just not realistic. So why not give the kid three games? I'm not saying let him start the rest of the season. I'm just saying give him three games to figure out, okay, maybe for this year we just bring in a veteran backup and see what the two of them can do depending on what Campbell does. right? And if yeah. Campbell comes back and he's fine, then Shalgren goes down and you literally have no... It's a, it's a veteran backup for Campbell. Right? Right. But if you let Mrazek play all four games and he's awful all four games, then you need a legitimate number one in case Campbell doesn't come back and you don't know what you have in Shalgren still. That's my point. Why not give sure. him three games? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing would be if you don't want to trust Shalgren, you kind of know what you have in Joseph Holt. Right. Joseph Holt, sorry. I know what you mean. Right. So, so I think the biggest thing is you don't want to give him a shot. You bring up Wool and you know what you have and you kind of have an idea of what you have in him. So, I mean, I, I think I think if Mrazic shits the bet on Sunday, you could honestly see a potential goalie deal done on Monday if he, if he struggles on Sunday. You could 100% see an early trade for the, for the Leafs. And they're like, we're done with this. We're, we're trading for somebody else. You could 100, I could 100% see that. But it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure. Honestly, we, we kind of have to wait and see what happens on, on Sunday yeah. with the Buffalo game. I just, again, I just think you have nothing to lose. Let him play the three after if. I mean, I mean, he, he, there'd be no easy matchups. That's the biggest problem. Yeah. You we'll got see. Dallas, Carolina, and Nashville. Yeah. So if you're going to feed him to the Wolves on one of those games, what game do you do against? 
Dallas. So that that's on Tuesday, and I I could see that I could see that being the realistic game because it'd literally be the first one after Sunday, and if if he shits the bed, then it's Mrazek for the last two games. Right. That's what I mean. Like why if if Mrazek struggles on Sunday, why not give him the shot against Dallas? He he, he might get a shot on Sunday if if Mrazek struggles or on Tuesday if Mrazek struggles. Yeah. That's that's that was all my point was really trying to get it. I'm not I'm I'm really not trying to preach that this kid is going to be Bennington from 2019. I'm not trying to say that this is they're going to find lightning in a bottle because you don't. You, when do you know that you found lightning in a bottle? After we yeah. won't know beforehand. So I'm just saying, why not give him a chance? Yep. Um. All right, Kyle. We're gonna skip tire fires for this week because we already talked yep. about a lot of stuff. Um. But let's just get to your final thought, man. Uh, final thought. Um, we didn't really touch on it this week. We can touch on it next week if you want. Um, the whole Chelsea situation is kind of my final thought. Um, I do agree with the sanctions as are going on with Abramovich. I, I get everything that's going on with that. Um, biggest thing is I, I don't necessarily agree going after the players um, because I think this is a different situation when it comes to that. Um, apparently, the, the, they could face point deductions and all kind of stuff. I mean, I think this is a different thing than a normal cheating scandal, I guess is what you could say. Like, I, I don't think there should be any sort of point deduction, and maybe it's just me being a Chelsea fan that's saying this, but um, yes, I guess they've benefited from his money, but at the same point, there was no issue with his money up until this whole situation happened. So I, I think it's also kind of hypocritical that they're now saying, oh, well, they, they benefited from his money, and it's, it's it's all it's all because of that. That's why they're successful. Well, you didn't have any issue taking his money beforehand. So all of a sudden now this issue comes up and now all of a sudden, well, no, 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 we gotta review this. I think it's just a whole situation. I get freezing, I get taking him out of control. No, no problem with that. But I think it's gotta be left at that. Yeah. And I mean they're already taking a huge hit. All their sponsors are kind of pulling out as well. Like they, they have they only have twenty thousand dollars to go to they have to basically drive to France now because they can't take a plane because yeah. they don't have the money to do it. I think that's hamstringing the team enough that they can't even go to a Champions League game because they only have $20,000 in the budget for the entire team. Well, it's because their whole credit card was... Credit no, no, but that, that, that's what I'm saying, though. That they only have, have $20,000 to do it. Like, you think that they deserve more sanctions? They have to drive to France when they would normally take a private plane and go in a hotel. They might stay in a motel for the entire team. Especially yeah. with gas prices nowadays. Are you kidding me? This probably costs more. True. Uh, again, oh. like, the one thing that I've been very surprised with, with Abramovich, is that as soon as the invasion began, he stepped yeah. down. Like, he said, like, he knew what was going to happen. 100%. Not that he was supporting what was happening, but he knew yeah. that his ties in the past were going to come back and hurt the club. So he didn't want to hurt the club. I actually thought he did it in the right way. Um, cool. And then, and then even when he said he was going to sell the team, he said literally any money that was left over from what his originally, what it was originally sold for, he was going to donate to Ukraine. And all of a yeah. sudden now UK said, no, you can't do that. It's like, well, why, why not? I I'm, Surprised by that. I don't mind them, as as you said, I, them freezing the assets. Like that's that's something that probably needed to be done while he's still technically. Oh, hundred percent. I, I I totally understand that part. Yeah. 
Right, but yeah, like if they're talking about taking points away or whatever, like that's not. I don't think that's okay. But we'll see how it all plays out. Hopefully, that's not where. Well, that it'd be it'd be done at the end of the season. That's the issue. It'd be done right. in May. That's when they're reviewing. Right, but I just I don't don't see that as something that will happen. Well, imagine imagine Man U gets top four because Chelsea gets dropped nine points. And that's the thing. Like as I said, I just don't think it's going to happen but you never know right these leagues are crazy sometimes and i just i want to believe that they won't do that but i can't i can't say that yeah um yeah i i think my biggest thing for the week is just hey like got baseball back (laughs) like i know we talked all about it today but like there's baseball back and it's gonna come fast spring training starts on friday like the games, yeah, yep. right. We've already been seeing videos coming out from spring training at bats. Like they were doing live at ABs first day of spring training this year, which never happens. But there was live ABs yesterday, and I was watching Vladdy hit balls off the end of the end of the bat to the wall. He's ready to go. Jordan Romano looked yep. good in those live ABs, other than when he was going up against Vladdy because Vladdy hit every pitch that he threw at him. Exactly. Right, but like if you look at everybody else, I think he almost struck out Bichette in three pitches. Uh, and even those two pitches that he threw to Vladdy were good pitches. The one was a high fastball outside that Vladdy hit off the end of the bat, off off the bottom of the wall. The other one yeah. was an inside pitch. It's like those are good pitches against most people. He just ended up going up against Vladdy, and <laughs> Vladdy's one of the best hitters in the league. Somehow, I would say he's a he's a different animal. Let's put it exactly. So like. Uh, I'm excited to get MLB going, man. I was playing the MLB the show game last night. Twenty one. I didn't get the new one, but yeah. I was excited. Like I'm just excited for baseball. Hundred percent. It's fun. Um, that'll do it for our kickoff set, or not for our kickoff set for the whole show. Jeez, it's been a yeah. long. It's already been a long morning, man. That was a long show. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week with more information if you're looking to follow us follow us on twitter at garage door sport or on instagram at garage door sports if you're looking for myself it's at nick mcvicker if you're looking for kyle it is at kyle vardy uh make sure you follow us and probably have a lot of news coming out with mlb signings uh this weekend and in the subsequent weeks spring training moves forward um we'll have a full mlb preview in the next couple weeks as well division by division because why not and obviously, next Monday is NHL trade deadline, so keep an eye on that. We'll try to have all the information coming for you as fast as humanly possible. Until next week, we want to thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.